You know, a, a good thing you could do while you're stuck at home is start a podcast. And really, if everyone doesn't already have a podcast, everyone is about to have a podcast now that we are uh, shelter in place style. But, you know, pretty much everyone had a podcast before, but I started one anyway. And my name is Rich Ryan. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast, and this is episode 40-something. And today we have Spartan Pro and Coach Callie Schweikart. And Callie has been delivering a very positive message on how to stay active during this COVID-19 outbreak. So she drops on the show and we chat about some ways that you can work out from home and continue to still make gains with an S uh, or gains with a Z. For me, it's usually with a Z. But we talk about some of the fun challenges to keep things fresh while you train, when you don't have any real races coming up, why you need to learn about your personal mindset and then customize your training so that you can benefit from your own individuality. And we even touch on some of her own personal nutrition journey toward the end of the episode, which does have a lot of value. So really, I encourage you to stick around until the end. I mean, you should be doing that anyway, because what else are you going to do? But if you like the Reinforced Running Podcast, we would love for you to hit us up with a review uh, or whatever stars that you feel like we have earned at this point. Or reach out on social media, hit me up with some feedback. That's reinforce underscore running underscore rich at IG, Rich Ryan at Facebook, or just hit us up with an email. It's in, it's, it's in the show notes. All right. Callie Schweikart. Callie Schweikart in the house. What's going on? Hey, Rich. How are you? Doing well. And you're in your house, as everyone else should be in their yes. house. That's what we got going on. So I'm really excited to kind of talk about uh, some ways that people can get better at OCR while training in their house. But first I have some questions. Will you answer these questions? Sure. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite show to that anyone can binge watch, say on like Netflix or Hulu? Oh my gosh. My family and I recently became obsessed with a show called Broadchurch. One word, Broadchurch. It's British, I believe. And it was honestly amazing. It's like a crime show about a, um, a sad, but a little boy who got murdered. So, um, really good. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I laugh when you mentioned it. it's like sad boy gets murdered. It's like, it oh, was so, okay. <laughs> I know it's, it's intense, but it was amazing. I like intense. What is that on? Is it on um, Netflix? Netflix. It's Netflix. Are they? Is it a thirty-minute show or is it? It sounds like a sixty-minute. It is. Yeah, the episodes I think ranged from like forty-five to sixty. Maybe like towards the end they got a little over sixty, but by that point you're like, give me all you can get because it was. I, I could watch it for five hours, and I I struggle to binge watch anything because I can't sit still. And this one roped you in. Oh, it was yeah, totally. I miss it so much. <laughs> is there only one season? Uh, there were three actually, and we just blew through them in like a matter of weeks. Oh my God. It was awesome. The Netflix content is crazy. Like I have never even heard of this show and I don't even have cable. So I only watch Netflix and there's so much stuff that a show like this can just slip through. I know. Yeah. And it's, we've just been going through, it was Broadchurch. Then it was like, um, this other show, then safe, which is with the guy that who's the lead in Dexter, like all these shows are like similar but then there's something different about them now we're on to like a show called the five like all good good recommendations so great there's a lot to check out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you're into like crime crime dramas yeah usually like um the mystery crime stuff um Mm. and then movie wise uh we usually go by actor so like we have a few favorites um i love bradley cooper (laughs) um my family and i love it area oh yeah 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 so Um, we like them 
Ed Norton, all the a lot of the classic actors, Tom Hanks, we like a lot. So movies will pick like that, but shows we like the crime stuff. The crime stuff, cool, good mm-hmm. recommendation. If you could pick up one OCR skill instantly with like a snap of a finger, what would you pick up? Uh, grip slash obstacle proficiency. Uh, mm. That's like I want. I would want to be able to go into any race in any conditions and be like, no, I'm bulletproof on all the obstacles. I know that wouldn't that be nice. That's what I would pick too. And oh. I don't know if everybody would pick that. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I need to get better at running. But like the grip stuff just makes me nervous all the time. Yes, exactly. Like ner- running um, for the most part feels more in your control. Like if you dedicate your program to it. And I also love working on it. Mm. So um, like, I don't know, for me, uh, I love the idea of progressing and running. So I wouldn't just wish to be there like that versus right. like grip stuff. It's just like, I hate being nervous about obstacles when it's raining or something like that. So I'd rather just have like sticky glue on my fingers all the time and just get through everything. I know. Same way. Do you, spend, do you spend a lot of time working grip? I do. Yeah. So, um, typically on easy days, I'll try to work in, um, at the end of like a run that I do an easy recovery run. Um, something with grip. I'm fortunate to have like some stuff at home, like, um, a rig and like a pull-up bar. Um, not a rig, but like I bought rings that you can hang. So, totally. um, try to do a lot of work with that and just, um, working pull strength too, cause pull-ups are a weakness of mine. So I try to get that in, um, usually three to four times a week if I can. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But bulletproof, bulletproof grip. Mm, I, I know. Wish. That'd be great. It's a tough one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was thinking like maybe or spear because the spear, I don't miss that much, but it makes me so nervous. I almost had a panic attack oh, one no. time, like thinking about it on a ra- like oh, I was on a plane. I was going to Seattle. And I was like, <laughs> just couldn't stop thinking about the spear for some reason. And I don't really miss it that much. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, I used to, I think I went my first couple of years, like before I went elite, um, like I didn't make one for like my first two seasons. Oh my God. And then I got, I set up my own to practice and um, it's been much better, but it's still super nerve wracking. Um, Cause you never know, but yeah, I know. I know. But I think like with the, the ratio of having the spear versus like all the grip stuff, I think I'd benefit more from being super solid on my grip. That's true. That's a good mm. point. Um, so what is something you're going to do with this extra time at home outside of grip strength work? Um, I think, uh, well, I mentioned like pull strength too. So I feel like outside of working out. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, well we've had, um, well, obviously we've had more family time. I'm fortunate to be very close with my family. I have, um, well, there's my mom and dad and then, um, my brother who's three years younger. Um, and we've always been like best friends. Mm. Um, and then we have a dog, a puggle. And, uh, nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of just like fun family time, um, going for walks, which is cool. Cause, um, like you see a lot of people, more people like small groups, maybe like pairs from like their houses. So me and my brother will walk my dog and we see our neighbors going out for a walk. Everybody's keeping their distance, obviously, but it seems like more people are enjoying the outdoors, which is great. Um, and I definitely, um, and we, we can talk about this more when we talk about the coaching, but, um, there's actually an ebook in the works, um, from the endurance Mm. project. So, uh, that's been cool. Uh, I've had a little more time to write, um, which is awesome. Um, and then I'm a tutor mainly. So I do the coaching and the personal training, but tutoring is my main gig. Um, so we're, I'm kind of working out the kinks and trying to, um, do video sessions because right now visiting people's houses isn't very practical. So right. we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been cool. I, I, I like the free time. Sometimes I feel like I'm not being productive and then I get mad at myself. <laughs> so I try to like not be too hard on myself, but hopefully there will be some good to come out of it. 
Totally. I love the idea of the, the, the tutoring and you could even just have something built out to help people at home beyond this, right? Like maybe you have like different videos and practical application for, for things like that. So that's cool. That's definitely yeah. a lot of, it sounds like you're staying busy. Oh maybe yeah. Take no, some time to yeah. relax. Um, it's been good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, because of my schedule, um, as a tutor, I'm working like after school, like my hours for work are like three and onwards till like, you know, dinner time ish, like seven ish. Um, so hmm. my schedule is not that much different with everything going on. I just have that kind of, I had that schedule in place before. So, um, not too much is different, but I'm just trying to, you know, make the most of this weirdness, I guess. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And along the lines of education, you were a psych major? Yes, I was. Um, I originally went to Boston University um, for soccer and then transferred to Marist, um, where I got my degree in psychology, mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I figured, yeah, yeah, no, because psychology, oh, it was so fun. I loved everything I studied. That's another thing. Like, I was always a good student, but I didn't want to force myself to study something I didn't care about. So, um, like I got the A's and like the chems and everything that you had to take. But if I had to major in like chem or bio, I'd die. Cause it's just not interesting to me. Right. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather get a degree that gives me a lot of options. And, um, I apply a lot of what I learned to the coaching that I do now, like, um, my dad and I, and my friend Mary, who I played soccer with at high school, um, I'll coach the local high school team. So applying some of the sports psych to it and things like that, it's been really fun. I mean, that I feel like can move the needle the most is in terms of coaching. Like a program's great, but like the actual identifying, you know, limiters or, or some of the psychology when it comes to an athlete is really what's gonna make the biggest impact. But totally. aside from that, like what is the what's your favorite book on psychology? Ooh. Um well I actually just read um one called uh, The Brave Athlete, Calm the um, F Down and Rise to the Occasion. <laughs> so we'll keep the explicit word out of it. But um, I forget who it was by, but it's I got it off of Amazon. Um, the main title is The Brave Athlete, and then okay. the, the subtitle had the, um, you know, the word in it. But um, it was really good. I read it uh, at the end of last year, and it talked a lot about – I'm someone who really struggles with performance anxiety. Um, and being a goalkeeper for soccer, I, like, dreaded games. I love practices and I I'd rather practice for four hours straight than go play a game. Like when we had game day, I was like a wreck. I'd be like, can we just have practice or something? Um, so I, that a lot of that is carried over to races where I just put the pressure on myself. Um, but it's, it's better because it's an individual sport. Whereas in soccer, I was so worried about letting the team down all the time. Um, so this book really talks about having like an, uh, an effort mentality. Um, and just like, you know, being more confident in your abilities, using practical, um, approaches, uh, and psychological like tactics, um, creating your own highlight reel to go over, um, like noting the performances where you've already succeeded and kind of plugging those into your brain so that when you go to, um, perform, you have those to draw back on and you know, you've Hmm. had success in the past as opposed to like the, the what ifs like, Oh shoot, what if I fall off the monkey bars? Like playback when you haven't fallen off the monkey bars, things like that. Hmm. Um, but I really, the one major key I drew from it was that, um, like they said, the effort mentality where like, you just got to go for it sometimes and not care where you place and not care if you screw up and just play, have fun. Um, and just enjoy being out there and pushing yourself and see what comes out of it. And I actually read that right before, um, high rocks, New York city, which mm-hmm. I kind of did on a whim cause my friend Morgan was doing it. And, um, 
I, I had no expectations for that. And I kind of went in with like, all right, let's see how this goes and ended up placing third. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I fell in love with high rocks and um, the singles and the doubles and everything. So a lot of good came out of that. So yeah, the brave athlete was the brave the- athlete. That sounds like a really good practical read because that is a thing like having that highlight reel to come back on has to just give you such like a sense of calm. It's like, oh, okay. Totally. Like it doesn't matter. Like, and then and being less like outcome based, like, Oh, what if I Absolutely. screw up and, and, and I, I like that. I'm going to check that out. That's, that's an awesome recommendation. Thank you. Um, they have a whole section on that, by the way, like the, the outcome based goals versus process based. And Oh, they talk about that. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, determining what kind of person you are, um, in terms of what you hone in on. And if you're, I, I forget the exact terms, but it was like, if you're, um, this category, then you focus on every little thing needs to be in this place. Um, and things like that. And then they teach you how to tailor your, um, pre-race routines and your training routines to mm. the type of mentality you are. Um, I'm very like this, this, and this needs to be perfect. I'm a very perfectionist and that's, that's something I struggle with. So they, they outline how to um, decrease performance anxiety by easing those um, uh, what's the word uh, compulsions kind of like needing everything to be perfect. So um, yeah, it's really cool. That's like getting to know yourself as an athlete is probably invaluable because like you and I, like I could do your exact routine, but it wouldn't work for me as far as mental performance. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, maybe, but, but <laughs> like knowing what to do for yourself and knowing who you are, not just as a person, but how that relates to you as an athlete, I, I could imagine what like, goes a, a long way. So um, I'm sold. I'm going to order it. <laughs> good, I'm good. Let me know how you it. like it. I will. Um, awesome job. So yeah, got through the questions, answered them all. Perfect. Um, so yeah, just let um, the listeners know a little bit more about yourself, who you are as a coach and, and as an athlete. Okay. So um, I grew up in a very active household. Both my parents were athletes. Um, my dad actually played soccer for UConn and um, my mom was an avid basketball tennis player, a lot of different sports. So I grew up thinking like the daily workout was a normal thing. Um, so then when mm-hmm. I got into like middle school, I was obviously drawn to sports, um, picked up soccer and basketball um, and continued to play those throughout high school. And got recruited by Boston University to play soccer there um, in their D1 women's program. And um, that was a really cool experience. uh, But I just wasn't, the school wasn't the right fit for me. So after a year of that, um, I transferred. I took a gap year and then transferred um, and stopped playing, but became more of a coach and started coaching. And during that time is when I tried my first Spartan race as per recommendation from my friend. And um, I fell in love with it because it was all aspects of fitness. And um, ever since I was in high school and wanted to stay in shape for the sports I was competing in, um, I loved cardio. I love strength. I love plyo, everything. So um, Spartan just seemed to combine everything. And I just was like hooked right off the bat and um, gradually started like learning what it means to train for running. I had Mm. no clue. Um, But uh, yeah. And so over the years, it became less of a um, like a hobby, a fun thing. And I realized I wanted to really pursue it to my to the best of my ability and um, started training and went elite. And um, it was my first year racing elite that I uh, one, one of my first races, I guess. And, um, that was kind of when I was like, Oh wow, I really want to like 
do well, get better and see where I can go with this. So yeah, it's been a few years now of dedicating my training to running and strength. And, um, I'm coached now by, um, Dennis Welch of the endurance project. And he just took me, uh, Morgan Schultz and Alyssa Hawley on as co-coaches to the program. Um, yeah, so we both have, we all have, um, coaching certifications. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. And, um, we figured, it would be cool to appeal to more female athletes as well, because Dennis um, being the sole male coach before he wanted to appeal to a broader audience and he knows us well, he coaches us all. So um, that's where we're at now where I'm on the Spartan pro team um, competing for them. And then also um, I opening up my coaching services in the world of OCR um, along with the coaching I do for soccer um, at the local high school. Um, that I coach with my dad and my friend and, um, personal training and then the tutoring that I do on the side. So it's a lot of a mishmash kind of thing, but athletically it's like, um, yeah, elite, uh, Spartan athlete, I guess. And then, um, focusing on coaching whoever I can help out. Totally. And you say it's a mishmash of things, but it really is about helping people when it comes down to performance, you know, coaching, coaching soccer and coaching an OCR athlete and essentially coaching a student it's all geared toward them to get better. There is an element, like we mentioned before, there's an element of coaching that is beyond just the workout, what to do every single day. Mm -hmm. And so those things, they tie together. And it sounds like, you know, you have all that in in that background and, and with your uh, upbringing, with having all those sports, it really does kind of seem to fit into the, the, the Spartan like really well, because, um, it's just part of your lifestyle. And that's really what Spartan preaches is like how, this race can kind of turn and, and make you a more healthy, positive person and be great for your lifestyle in general. And they just came out with this unbreakable campaign. Yeah. Be unbreakable. Hashtag be unbreakable. Yeah. Hashtag be unbreakable. So tell us a little bit about that. I, I know you were involved a little bit. You did some at home stuff before. So tell us about what's going on with Spartan and the be unbreakable campaign. So they, they've kind of just wanted to, um, kind of get everyone to band together in this like weird time where obviously races are postponed and um, the season's kind of on hold right now. Um, but that they want us to realize that that doesn't mean that things stop. This is a lifestyle. And um, we should, I, I know personally, I'm motivated by more than just a race. So like um, it's part of my day to day. I love the training and we want to get um, as many people on board as we can to get excited about um, that day-to-day grind, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And that be unbreakable, be unbreakable mentality where um, just because something's standing in our way of maybe racing, um, that doesn't mean we can't be bettering ourselves and having a blast doing it too. So um, they asked a lot of their athletes to um, help them out and put out some quick at home workout videos, um, especially for people who might not be able to get outside right now. Um, because of what's going on, it's important to be able to feel like you can, um, get some purposeful training in from home, which is totally doable. Um, I, I didn't mention this before, but when I was in high school and trying to stay in shape for, um, sports, soccer, in particular, um, my first like foray into like working out by myself was at home insanity videos, like the plyometric. Oh, was it all? Yeah. Yeah. All body weight did those every day. And so I do really firmly believe that, um, just with your body weight, uh, you can get in, um, phenomenal shape, um, from home. So I was really happy to help them out with, um, we did like a quick 15 minute kind of Tabata ish, 
um, work out with some body weight exercises. And, um, I really think that, um, or I, I enjoy helping people, um, tailor their workout routines to their specific limitations. And in this case, we all have some limitations. All gyms are closed for the most part, and we might not have a lot of equipment at home. So it's um, important for everyone to feel empowered um, with knowledge that you can uh, train hard and train well um, with just yourself, like no equipment at home, like it can be done. Right. And when there aren't races, the worry is that people will just go back to maybe the previous lifestyle. If, if they came into Spartan and it has changed their lives, but everything is focused on just the race and that's why they train and, and work out in the first place. That's not the best place where we want people because we want them to really take on the lifestyle. So, and the at home workouts is a great way to really help with that. And with the unbreakable, be unbreakable is it's like a full day of, stuff right yeah so they've lined up um like a whole schedule um daily where i think it's like 6 a.m or 5 30 a.m wake up with joe and join like a call with him um joe desena the founder um and then by 9 a.m they have that workout put out there for everyone um like they they're aiming for 15 to 20 minutes um make it simple effective doable um kind of approachable too you don't want to be intimidated by like two hour at home, like grind, like a lot right. of people aren't going to tune into that. Um, but if you know, it's like very, um, you know, uh, doable, you want to go into it like, okay, I can, do, I can do 15 minutes of this. Um, and then maybe build from there. Also making it fun is huge. So, um, that's, what's cool about body weight is a lot of the exercises can be unique and like interesting. And when you keep the workouts interesting and engaging, um, that's part of making it a lifestyle as opposed to, not being motivated to do it anymore. Um, but yeah. And then their schedule goes from there. I think they have more talks from, I think like, um, some psychologists possibly, um, there, did they do interviews with other pros? I know they had like Lindsay and Kevin Donahue do an interview the other day. So they're really trying to keep everyone engaged and, um, passionate about the entire lifestyle, despite the fact that we're not racing because racing isn't all of it. Racing is a small fraction. Right. It's like a means to an end. Like the, yeah. the end is this healthy lifestyle and getting in, in better shape and being po positive to the people around you. The race is just cool. It's like a nice byproduct. It's like just fun to go out and, and, and celebrate your fitness. What are some ways that you try to make those at home workouts fun? Because I know when I think about it, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> air squats. I know. Maybe, <laughs> like I'll do some push ups. That's uh, very true. Um, right. Like, so what are some ways some like work around some tricks that you, that people can do on their own? So um, I think it's first important to make sure that you're comfortable with the basics, obviously. Um, so those air squats and those push-ups and burpees are like classic exercises that if you can do well, if you do them well, you can progress from there. And then um, for me, I, I have a lot of that, um, the experience with tons of like, not weird, but like unique exercises that you wouldn't think of through the like insanity program that I used to do so often. Um, but also like the internet is such a great resource. Um, you can Google literally like, um, unique at home exercises. Um, and I also like to take, uh, per, like 
exercises through a progression. So mm. you have the initial regular push-up, and then you might do a decline push-up instead where your feet are on a bench or an incline push-up where your hands are on a bench. And then from there, you could take it to, this was one of the exercises I had in the video I did with Spartan the other day, um, a T push-up where you do a push-up and then you rotate to one side and form a T with your arms and then go back, do a push-up. So it's all about like adding movement um, and just making it flow a little bit. Um, I, but you can get so many ideas from just like Instagram. If you hashtag like at home workout, the exercises you can find there, there's something to like incorporate that'll be different from what you did the day before um, to make it more interesting. Right. And usually the internet is oh, a terrible place to get fitness <laughs> information. But right yeah. now when it comes to variations, it's the what to do at home. So you're not just doing like air squats. Like, okay, like plyo air squats, air squats with like a twist or like a, a, a like a, T-spine twist at the bottom or something. There is always going to be little things that you can do to, to find, to find those. Totally. I think, um, the, uh, like you said, the internet to find like exercises to do, that should be fun. Um, for the most part, good. If you're looking for information on like, um, periodization of training or like a full program, find a coach because, (laughs) um, yeah, there's so much out there that is so confusing. That's why I found a coach to begin with. And I think even top athletes need a coach like, yeah, but for, for this, for finding fun at home stuff to do, I think it's a good resource for sure. And it's a chance if say you are regimented, like I know in my own training, like I don't vary from what I'm going to do every single day. Like even if it is like a modification, I'm pretty strict maybe to a fault, but, um, now's the time to try some new stuff. You know, it's a perfect exactly. time. Like there is no harm in trying something that might not be optimal or that you might be a little bit extra sore from because you don't have any races. <laughs> so yeah, no, try it out. And I, think, I think it's important for people to realize that these at-home workouts absolutely do count. Um, like, the, like don't feel like it's not worth it to ch- not try to get something in at home. Um, like I said before, I, got in really good shape by doing just this insanity stuff. And it, it, all it was, the format was like three rounds of taking three exercises, doing them for 45 seconds with a 15 minute rest, do that like five times through, then move on to the next set of exercises. And like when you keep your heart rate up and you bring the intensity to it, you can get huge, huge benefits. So I don't discount the at-home workouts. Don't feel like it's all going to waste. Like it is worth it. I think. For sure. And like you mentioned a good part there, if you can keep that cardio up, that's where the variations become also really important as well is to have those things separated out so that you don't have your like one specific muscle group just like fail out on you. Mm-hmm. So being able to have those different places to move from uh, movement to movement so to keep your heart rate up is definitely important just so you're not doing, you know, plyo jumping lunges like eventually you're gonna have to stop so like having a couple different variations along the way will help keep that cardio up um very cool so when it comes to keeping things like fun and fresh i noticed there's there's been some challenges that have been kind of sprinkled out there and you've been been involved in a couple of them so tell us about some of the challenges that you know you you've been encouraging people to take on so um uh kind of a bunch of us, um, a lot of the ladies that I race against, um, I know like Alex Walker, um, Faye Morgan, uh, Ashley Heller, um, Emily Smith, Morgan Schulz and I, um, and like Casey Monroe, a lot of people got into it. Um, we wanted to try to keep things fun and like competitive, um, but also just like loose while the races aren't going on with these challenges. So it started off with the, um, 15, minutes at 15% incline treadmill challenge. 
um, where you go for, you run as fast as you can for 15 minutes at 15% incline and see how far you can get. Um, so we were challenged, Morgan and I were challenged by Alex Walker to do this against each other. Mm. And people were Instagram living um, their attempts at this challenge, um, like head to head. And Morgan and I were planning to do it. And then her gym closed. So I am fortunate enough to have a treadmill at home, but she does not. So we couldn't do it, but, um, we wanted to incorporate since Morgan and I are both coaches at the endurance project. We wanted to incorporate, um, a challenge from our coach, Dennis, um, into this whole thing and get more people involved that way. So we came up with, um, well, Dennis came up with a shorter one, um, that can be done without any equipment. You just got to find a stretch of track or something. Six minute time cap of, um, an 800 meter run and max distance burpee broad jumps. So you run the 800 meters and you get right into those burpee broad jumps and see how far you can go. Um, and it's six minutes. So it's like, it's not going to be something that you have to really think about, Oh, how am I going to incorporate this into my training? It's not going to ruin your um, week of training. Yes, right. exactly. Um, and it's, it's doable. There's no equipment except your body. And hopefully you can find, like you could do it on a flat stretch of road. Um, but, um, ideally a track and most people have access to that. You could even do it on the treadmill. And then if you like go outside and like do the burpee broad jumps on a stretch of land after you ran the treadmill. So yeah, don't, don't tr- do it. Don't do the burpees on the treadmill. Oh no, no, no. no. <laughs> burpee broad jumps oh, on treadmill. Don't count. Um, but yeah, so it, it's doable and it's fun and it gets everyone involved and it kind of spreads, um, <clears throat> more, uh, of these like unique ideas to stay fresh and stay sharp while like these races aren't going on. And then I think we're planning to, um, release more and more as the weeks go on. Um, uh, I know Alex and, uh, Yancey camp have a bunch and then, um, we'll be coming out with more at the endurance project too. And we, our goal is just to get everyone involved and, having some fun, staying motivated and challenging each other, maybe uh, throw a little trash talk around. I'm notoriously terrible at it, but I'm trying my best. (laughs) I'm going to kick your buns. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, no, it's it's been really fun. And just like, you know, just trying to loosen up and enjoy it. And it's fun to compete. Like competition shouldn't be the end all when it comes to why we're in this, but it does spark growth. It helps people get excited and it helps push people beyond what they would typically do. Like if that was a workout that was just assigned, I'm sure I would do less burpee broad jumps than if it was against a friend of mine, you know, totally, totally. That that would be in my head the whole time. I'd be like, no way. Like I am going to go crazy right now because I'm not going to lose this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So did you not do the 15 minute? No. So I've done it in the past. Um, my, my PR on it is like 1.277 nice. or something. 1.277. Yeah. Um, so, and I was hoping to, I'd like to eventually get up to like, my goal would be like 1.35. I'd be really happy with that. And I was like going to aim for that when I was going to do it, but no, I haven't done it because, um, we were going to do like a live head to head. So mm. I wasn't going to just like film myself and put it out there. Um, but hopefully, um, not too far out in the future, gyms will open back up and we can definitely hop on that challenge again and, um, make up for our miss missing out on it. Um, but no, like Faye, Faye and Alex went head to head, they crushed it. And, um, Ashley and Casey and, um, Emily and Heather Golnick. So it was awesome. It should be like a tournament and like they move on and like you go against the next person and it goes all the way through. Oh um, my God. <laughs> that'd be it's cool. like, but then you'd have to do that freaking test more than once, which is awful. I was supposed to do it or I was going to do it for my own training this week, but I don't have treadmill access either. 
but uh, so oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not that upset because it really sucks. I know it's, it's, it's brutal. Um, it's great mental training too, because it is just a grind. It is pretty awful. It is so awful. Like, and the, <laughs> if you do like a, an all out 5k, like the, it will suck. It'll suck by that third mile. It'll su- probably suck by the second mile. Um, but that 15 minute test that sucks in the first like five minutes. I know. And like you can really blow yourself up right from the jump. And then it's, you can't really recover back from it. That, <laughs> that is absolutely huge for me. Like if I go out too fast on that, I'm done. So I really have to like gradually go at it and then amp up. Um, my recommendation is to make a specific playlist with like five songs that, you know, pump you up mm. to the max. That was my, um, what, when I PR'd last time I did it, that's what I did. And I was like, this is clutch because I can't just rely on random music right now. I need like the best of this. <laughs> needs to be super loud blaring in my ears. I agree. I do the same thing. Like I don't really listen to music when I, when I run, except when I do something like that, where I just need to yeah. have be everything blocked out. Um, yeah. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to try, I would suggest that that's kind of, and that's more or less like, I do have a lot of athletes. I coach do the, that test as well. I, I think it might be a Yanty camp thing. I don't know who, who. Originally- yeah. I think it was like, I think it's been like a big, like a, a benchmark that a lot of people it's kind of like use. A standard then, benchmark now. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Yancey, um, popularized it. Um, mm. I, I, if, forgive me if I'm wrong, Yancey, and you did come up with it, then my bad. Um, but yeah, no, he's made it a big part of his benchmark testing for Yancey camp, but it's something that, um, the endurance project uses. It's just a really good benchmark to have. And especially cause everybody kind of does it now. And yeah. like, yeah, if you can get up toward a mile, like at, at any level, like that's pretty good. Like oh yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, I've heard like, um, I know Sage candidate, um, like did this test. So he's this very famous trail runner. Um, and I think he got one point nine seven or maybe even two miles like that is so ridiculous to me i cannot even but um yeah it's it's awesome just i think it's a great thing to motivate you to do better because um when i first did it like just to give you an idea of my progression um when i first did it when i didn't really run at all i was kind of just like getting into spartan um i got 1.03 i think Mm. so um to look back a a few years later and now i'm almost at 1.3 like um it's something cool it's tangible progress like that is important to maintain motivation and that's why benchmarks are useful and that's why i think you as a coach and me as a coach like we recognize that athletes should have that to look back on and to say hey like wow i accomplished something here especially now where we do Mm -hmm. have time of, of prolonged, like we're not getting as much feedback because we're not racing. So have, so getting feedback from these type of races, even if it's just being able to exert a mental effort, yep. like having something like that is great and making progress like point two, like two tenths of a mile is like crazy progress in that test. Yeah, like it's no, minimal. I, it's so little. Like if you get point zero two, it's like pretty good. Yeah, no, I, that's, what's weird. It's like, you look at the scores and you'd be like, Oh, like, she got like 0.04 more than me. Like that's actually a lot. Like, like a you, you, kicking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you don't realize, um, but no, I, I'm, it's cool for me not having a running background. I'm like just starting into um, like, I've learned so much through my coach, um, but it's taken a long time to like build up to where I feel competent um, with my, my training and then training others. But um, yeah, not having that base from, like mm. childhood on um it's been really cool to see 
progress like that um, in tests like the 15 by 15. So, and that's another thing when you have an endurance background, you, you just learn how to pace for lack of a better word. Like you can mm. know how intuitively you feel what an effort should feel like for 15 minutes. Like I could go onto anything and be like, I can exert this effort for 15 minutes just cause I know. Yep. But if you don't like, it's really hard to figure that out, especially when you're doing it for competition. You're like, I need to go hard. Um, totally. And that's something I struggled with and still do sometimes. Um, pacing for sure. I I've always been an athlete where, um, I would prefer to go moderately hard for much longer than to go very hard for short. So, hmm. um, conditioning for sports, I'll just to give you an idea at BU, we had a few fitness tests we needed to pass in order to play for the season. So we had one, it was the, um, 25 yard shuttle, um, where we had to go run 25 yards and back, uh, six times. So it's 300 yards total that destroyed me. I barely passed it. It was awful. I think our, our, um, benchmark, uh, for goalkeepers was like 61 seconds. Okay. And it took me like two, it took me two or three tries to get it. And obviously oh, you can't no, try it the same day. <laughs> oh yeah. And they were like, obviously they know like you can't do it again in that same day. So right. they, they let you try again, like in a few days, but then we also had, um, so yeah, struggled with that. But then we had the beep test, um, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's like the pacer like test. Or, yeah. Test yep. for, it's almost like a, like a death by workout, right? Like go as, yeah, so they you could explain it. Yeah, um, it's there are a few different versions, but what we had was um, you have a cone set up on one side, and then twenty yards across the room, you have another cone, and you hear a beep, and as that beep sounds, you start your run to the cone across the room, um, and then you have until the next beep to get to that cone. So you could run, um, say the beeps are twenty seconds apart. You could run it in 10 seconds and you'd have 10 seconds rest before you have to go back. And slowly, each level, the beeps get faster and faster. And the idea is to test your endurance and see, um, because obviously each round is getting a little bit harder. Um, But with that one, um, so I tied with my teammate for winning that test. So like, um, even though I was a goalkeeper, um, I, I was winning that versus really struggling with a shuttle run. So that tells you the type of, athlete I am like I'm more I feel like slow twitch endurance Distant. stuff yeah. yeah so that pacing is is hard for me going all out like that I really struggle to not like burn up real quick totally and that's but that's also the dot test or like what I mentioned like a death by test like it like how that would be work on a death by test it'd be like every minute you would do like a shuttle back and forth and the next time you do two times in that minute and then three times the next minute oh, until yeah. you run out oh. of time in that minute how many times you can do it in a minute or whatever um but that ends up being a lot of mental you know it's like how to yep. push how to not because like, it's not you never have to go on the death by test you never have to go that fast until like the very end and then it ends up being pacing so I actually like that kind of test. Do you, do you ever do that anymore or are you good? I actually, you know what? I'd be really curious to do the beep test again, just to see, I'd have to look back and like know what my score was from then. But, um, I honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I'd want to like program some training, You should um, do like, it. program it for my athletes, maybe do it myself. That'd be fun. It's really good. It's like, cause it, you start off slow and you warm up and you warm into it. And then by the end it's like all out and it's, it's a great session. And there's stop and go and like lateral movement, which isn't like yes. in a 15, 15 or even in a 5k, 
it's still a running workout. It's not necessarily an OCR workout, but that could be, that's much more sports specific because we're stopping, moving, going side to side. That's so true. And, um, that's another thing I like to try and, um, incorporate into the training I give people and the training I do that lateral movement, not being that one dimensional, um, straight, uh, like runner, you know, um, cause you don't have those twists and turns, but in a race, think about the terrain we run on. Um, think about all the things we do. We need to be comfortable in different planes of motion and, um, get our joints and our tendons ready to go side to side and do an explosive movement. And, Oh, that landing was weird. Now Going we need downhill. to like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So those movements, um, that's why I like the plyos as long as you progress up to them and you teach proper form, um, strength movements, certain strength movements, like those are all so important to not be so, um, one dimensional in one plane. So yeah, I like it. And yeah. And it mentioned, you know, the plyos, they are going to exert a lot of energy and get a lot of, um, muscle activation in like one good shot. And, and some of the things that you've kind of moved into this season that you mentioned are those high rocks events. Are you also going to do some Decafit if, we end up having mm. a season. Is that yes, I, I'd like to try it. I wasn't planning on uh, traveling to Denver um, for the first one, but if something comes closer, I, th- I think they're planning to come to like New York or there's some. like a New York, there's an Arlington, Virginia, there's a and Raleigh, Boston, North Carolina, maybe. there's a Boston, yeah, there's a so Toronto, there's a bunch d- of East Coast. I'd definitely be interested in trying it out. Um, I do think, um, you know, I could I could surprise myself again. At first, I thought Hyrax was not going to suit me, um, but because uh, I again, I'm not that super fast, like 400 meter, 500 meter runner or 800 that, um, they have, uh, cause obviously it's a, it's a kilometer repeat, but, um, because I'm a larger athlete, so I'm five eleven, um, and I've always had that strength. Um, the strength obstacles really worked out to my advantage for the most part. So with DecaFit being a little lighter, I'm, I'd be curious. And also the, the, um, the track run running. being shorter, yeah. um, Obviously, that would require a little more speed. So I don't know if Decafit would suit me better. I have a feeling that it wouldn't, but um, I'd still be interested to try for sure. Yeah, who knows? And like you said, like, well, there it is the, the bouts of running are short, but the total duration is much more of like a dot test than a 300 meter test. You know, it's Very still true. more of an, an endurance event where you're moving in between things. I mean, when you got third in New York, what, what was your total time? Uh, it was 118, I think. Um, yeah. And and then uh, more. Like how long would a super take you? Uh, probably like it depends on the venue, obviously. So I mostly do mountain supers because we're in the Northeast. Um, <laughs> no choice. So, yeah. so those are longer. But uh, yeah, no, it is like the length of a super, especially now that the supers are like uh, six miles. They're even okay, shorter. Yeah. So it's weird. Um, but yeah. So the time frame is still kind of would kind of be in your wheelhouse. And even I, I don't think DECA is gonna be much shorter because it's still it's a five K but with 10, 10 stations. I still think that's gonna be 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, no, I'm very curious to see. I know a lot of like the I think Nicole Miracle was planning on running the first one. Obviously they're not having it, or they it was supposed to be yesterday, which is weird. Oh right. Um, but yeah, so um I'm very curious to see if um the athletes that thrive at DecaFit are different from High Rocks or not, because we were kind of surprised by the athletes that thrive at High Rocks. At first, I was looking at it like, oh, this is a runner's event. But then you realize, again, that you need that strength. So that's why you see Alyssa Hawley, like she, she's a strong she's a strong runner, but then her, um, 
her advantage lies in her her strength, her mm-hmm. not her running strength, her actual strength. Like she is so strong, she's a powerhouse. So she dominates. Um, and Faye Stenning is freakishly strong, especially for her size. So yeah, right. Yeah, so she's a phenomenal a runner, obviously. Um, but then um, the reason she excels at High Rocks is not necessarily because she's a phenomenal runner, but she is freakishly strong for her size. So um, it's very interesting. I'm, I'd be curious to see if DecaFit is a little different where it's, um, the speed kind of uh, puts people more of an advantage than high rocks, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking there's not that, there's not that game changer. Like that. Yeah. there's not the sleds. There yeah, is yeah, a exactly. sled thing, but it's not like that heavy ass sled that right. high rocks has. Right. Um, but it, it will be fun. It'll be really fun to see how, how that plays out. Definitely. Uh, so if you were to train, like, if that was to be your focus, um, and if you're like, all right, cool, I'm going to do high rocks, I'm going to do the world championships. Were you planning on doing the? Oh, well, that was actually a question of mine um, leading into the season. I wasn't sure what I wanted to prioritize. Um, but I want to see what the qualification standards are going to be, because I've never been to Abu Dhabi. I think the traveling would be a lot, but it would be so cool to go. Um, and I had... I've had a blast at all the Tahoes I've been to. I was 20th last year, which I was so happy with. Um, And to try and improve on that would be awesome. So I'd love to go if I get the opportunity and if I'm able to get to a race that I need to qualify. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I'd be really interested in going if I could. Oh, cool. I was actually, uh, I was actually talking about the, um, the high rocks. Like if you were preparing oh, for oh. Like, Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, didn't, oh. I just said world champion. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, um, so we were, um, Morgan and I, um, we went to Dallas together and did the doubles and we were three seconds away from the world record, but, um, we qualified by winning, um, the race obviously. And we were hoping to go. Um, but then with everything that's going on with the virus, um, uh, we're cautious individuals, uh, but also our parents who are kind of like, yeah, I don't know, like, cause we're still young. We're both still at home. And like, we, we respect our parents and they were like, yeah, we'd be, uh, I don't know. We're hesitant. So as, as the situation started getting worse and worse, we were like, I don't think this is happening. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. then High Rocks postponed it anyway. So, yeah. um, yeah. So if you were hypothetically preparing for that and you had to train at home or say someone's doing the LA race next year uh, and need to prepare for high rocks, what are some things that you think you could put together well at home right now to help prepare for an event like high rocks? That's a good question. So, um, I'm fortunate to, um, own a treadmill, but obviously not everyone does. So, so the people who do, obviously you could, um, incorporate a lot of speed work on the treadmill. Um, and mix in strength, uh, and body work, body weight stuff, um, like jump squats, uh, to, to mimic that leg fatigue that you, uh, you get in these races. Um, that's one thing it's like brutal to try and run after these strength stations, like the sled and the, um, even like the, what is it? The rower, the skier, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, if you have a treadmill, you have some options there, but, um, if there's, if you're literally just working with your body weight, I'd probably work a lot of the plyometrics that get your heart rate up. So, um, I mean, burpees are a great full body exercise with less pounding. If you want to work into, um, more complicated plyometric movements, um, if you're not as familiar with them, I'd recommend starting with something like burpees or jump squats where there's less risk for injury. And then you can get more comfortable, get your tendons and muscles acclimated to like the, the forces that you're putting them against. Um, but then I'd do probably a lot of, um, 
well, one thing we do at the Endurance Project um, is 100 reps to success, we call it. Um, usually after an easy day, you pick an exercise and you do that movement for 100 reps of it um, mm. to build kind of um, uh, uh, fatigue. Um, what's the word? Like capacity under fatigue and just, mm. um, yeah. So you can pick an exercise like uh, walking lunges do them maybe for more than a hundred. And in this case, if you're working to like really try and build up some strength for events like high rocks, I probably end up doing a lot of that where you do maybe like three minutes on or four minutes on of like an exercise, like lunges, maybe grab something that's somewhat heavy, like even grab two milk Mm -hmm. jugs or two water jugs. If you can Mm -hmm. do some lunges with that. Um, and probably do prolonged bouts of those movements to get your heart rate up, but your, your legs are dying by the end of that. Um, yeah. I love that. That, that makes total sense to me because those high volume of those strength workouts, because it does seem to be pretty quad dominant with, especially with those lunges mm. that come later and like with oh, yeah. all that running, you come off of, uh, the sleds. Um, yeah. So I think that that is a good, a good call. Just really rolling on volume with, with those type of movements. Yeah. And I think importance there is not only the strength movements, but getting your heart rate up. And I can think of so many, um, body weight exercises that not only like fatigue your muscles, but do get your heart rate up. So obviously lunges are one of them, but, um, you can do Bulgarian split squats. Um, Mm. those are, you can do Bulgarian split squat jumps. If you're looking for more of a cardio, those are insanely brutal. Um, jump squats, like seriously, those are so simple, but they get so hard in like 40 seconds. So, um, so there's a lot that you could do, uh, to get that cardio in and also build that leg strength endurance that you need. Right. And still be okay for a race that does incorporate both like, yeah, like a high rocks. Um, so during this time, I mean, we've been, as things unfold, it's, seems like the race, the season's going to get pushed out further and further. I think we're, we're not as of recording this, which is what the 20, March 22nd, mm-hmm. what I think we're not, there's the races are canceled till mid May. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I last saw. I think on Friday they put that out. Right. Yeah. I, I even missed that until today. Um, so oh, okay. When it comes to mindset, what, are, how are you staying focused on this type uh, on a season like this? What are, what are some things that are kind of been hard for you when it comes to yeah your focus and your mindset when it comes to the season? It's interesting because I, um, like I mentioned before, I've struggled with performance anxiety in the past. So the competition hasn't necessarily been my favorite part of the sports that I've taken part in. So, um, with soccer, I was never looking forward to games. Um, mm. Spartan racing is different where the races are much more fun for me than say a soccer game would have been. Um, but I still am someone who really enjoys the training. I, I wake up every day, like excited about what my workout's going to be. Um, so I'm very fortunate in that I've never needed a race to motivate me before I found Spartan. And after I stopped playing competitive soccer, there was about a year of time where I was training just to train. I had no competition in mind, but I loved it. And I knew I didn't want to stop. So I trained. Um, so I'm lucky enough to have that, but I recognize that a lot of people are driven by that competition, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. It's just a different type of athlete. Um, and in that, in that case, um, I think the best way to spin it is, work on, um, or find, sorry, (laughs) uh, frame this time as a extended period to work on your weaknesses and get better and to prepare. Mm. So, um, we've all been talking about how long the season is and how, um, 
extended it is to the point where it's hard to manage. Now that we have this extended break from racing, we should really, um, you know, make the most of it. Uh, Like find things that you really needed to work on that you couldn't dedicate time to maybe because a nearby race was coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, And now you have, um, what do we have? We have like two months now at least um, to really put in a lot of work towards that specific weakness. Um, And I think the best way to keep yourself motivated is to try and practice gratitude for, um, you know, something that might not necessarily seem optimal at the time. So the fact that our races are being put off, maybe spin it and say, well, I'm grateful for this break from racing because I can really um, forge myself into a stronger athlete all around um, before I'm rushed to race again. Um, And so that's been key for me too. just viewing it. um, There are a lot of things right now that I could think of that could make me a better athlete if I got better at them. So Mm -hmm. now I'm like, okay, well now I can put the racing focus to the side, put the performance anxiety to the side and really just grind in the day to day and um, develop a training plan. That's going to get me ready to go when we are able to go again. Um, Yeah. And just trying to enjoy, enjoy it. I love that. And it's like a way to kind of focus on your confidence. Yeah. If you can can work on those weaknesses, and you'll just be a better racer as is. And I was talking about that with one of my coaching partners is like, everyone just spends time preparing for races and no one really prepare and no one really spending that much time, like getting faster or like yeah. getting stronger. It's like, we're preparing for this race. So let's take this time to really work on something specific. And uh, I like, I like where your mind is like, it, and that makes it easy. Like if you can work toward like loving the work, then like, yep it doesn't matter. Like it's actually, I I absolutely agree. Um, and I think another easy way to frame it is to find your why, like through this Mm. time. So like what drove you to try a Spartan race in the first place? What, what, um, what draws you to this sport and try to incorporate in the day to day. Don't force yourself to do a bunch of workouts that you hate. Um, don't make it miserable for yourself. Obviously working on your weaknesses isn't always going to be fun, but um, find the process that gets you excited. Like I said, to wake up in the morning and to get at it, um, which like I'm fortunate enough to, I, I've found. And then I keep finding new ways to like get myself engaged and keep myself engaged, um, which is really, really important. And even that you frame it like spend time to work on your weaknesses, it would depend on the type of person you are. You might really enjoy working on your weaknesses in that process of improvement and seeing that day to day, like you mentioned in the beginning, it's like, I wouldn't want to get better at running. Cause I like, I like getting better at running. I don't want to just be better at running. Yeah. And that's the type of person you are. And there might be people who are like that. So it's like, okay, I will enjoy working on my weaknesses, but I agree if there's other people that like, you know, I hate doing grip work or I hate running. I'm going to do just CrossFit from, for, for these two months and see how good of a shape I can and tailor my workouts so that I'm still feeling energetic and ready to go. So I, I think both those things exist. I don't think they are like counter to each other. So I, yeah. think, I think that's a really important message and keeping that why in mind. Do you do anything specifically to remind yourself about your why or is it just always like, Boom, right in front of you. Or do you kind of like lose <laughs> lose focus on that? Um, well, I, I've like I said, I've been fortunate to be a relatively motivated person, um, to the point like to a fault almost. So like in school there was never like a why, but it was like I have to get an A. Like I just don't <laughs> no know. Other like, option. like yeah. What like, else would I do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally exactly. Um, so there a lot of that comes into play for me at least. Um, but I think um 
one thing that I'm constantly drawn back to is like the feeling of accomplishment after like a great workout or just like Mm. getting outside makes that's something I've also like, I'm, I'm an anxious person and I've struggled um, with mental health from time to time. So I recognize the fact that getting moving, getting moving, getting outside um, is really a great way to get a release from a lot of the like life anxiety that I might have. And I know so many others feel the same. Um, So that's another big part of my why is just, it makes me feel better. I'm a better person because of it. Um, And it's constantly like questioning um, what, you enjoy, why is this making you better? Why do you want to be better? And just like exploring your relationship, your relationship to the sport and to activity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like an evolving process. I know for me, it's more just like, I want to be the best athlete I can be. Um, and it just clears my head. It makes me happy. Um, so that's, Mm. that's my why right now. And I think another important thing to do too, during this time is to experiment a little bit. Um, like we said, with different training modalities, um, if you've been doing something very, um, similarly for a lengthy period of time and you're thinking maybe I should switch it up. This is probably the time to maybe try that. Um, because like you don't have a race in the, um, very near future. So maybe see if you jump into a different type of training, um, if it's working for you, um, like it might work better than what you were doing before. And then there you go. Like you wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, and also, um, one thing that I'm doing currently is experimenting a little bit with my nutrition, um, which Mm. is another really hard thing to tinker with in the race season, because obviously you don't want to, um, like under eat and then not be fueled well for your races. Um, you don't want to, um, change your diet drastically where you have like issues with food allergies or anything like that. So right now I'm learning a lot of, um, different nutrition strategies. And one thing, um, that I've taken away that's been huge and already helpful in these past few weeks that I've been implementing it is I realized I wasn't having, I wasn't fueling, um, properly before my workouts. I'm typically a morning workout person. Mm. Um, it used to be like banana coffee, get out the door and go. But I've learned through some research and with working with a dietitian actually that, um, female athletes in particular, um, benefit from usually benefit from a heartier breakfast and fueling before their workout, just with the way our hormones work with the cortisol response, everything. Um, it's been really eye opening to see like what happens when you feel better at the beginning of the day, as opposed to the typical, not typical, but a lot, the common way of like kind of, you know, snacking through the day. And then we have that big American dinner or something like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, learning a lot about that has been huge. And I'm really excited to see how it carries into this next, um, race season because it's, I've already seen, um, a lot of improvement in a lot of my workouts and how I feel. I'm not like hangry throughout the day and like foggy brain and tired because I'm like fueling better to start the day. So things like that, like maybe switch it up if you're looking to, um, if something doesn't feel right or like you want to improve on something uh, nutrition wise, this would probably be the time to do that as well. I agree. Cause yeah, you can really get lost within the season. Uh, I, that for me last year was the same deal. Like I needed to, to find a point where I needed to get my body composition in order, but there was always a race around the corner. So I was like, yeah. I can't change anything now. Um, exactly. which was, so that's like something you could do in an off season, which is kind of what I did. But then now 
we're kind of in the off season again. So you can take those chances to, to try some different things when it comes to meal timing or food quality or, or whatever it is that you think you would need. And you said you, you sought out some help or, or what was any good resources for that? Yeah. So, um, I'm actually currently working with, um, a dietitian that I started working with, um, a few months ago, just to learn more about how to fuel for sport. Um, I, um, in my like fitness journey, um, I wasn't, uh, immune to a lot of the diet culture advice that is yeah. out there. Um, especially like males and females struggle with it. I, I, I mean, I, um, am someone who like fell victim to the idea that like thinner is better and less is better and take up less space and all that stuff. You need to be lighter to run faster. So, um, a lot of this has been kind of unraveling all the misinformation I took in from when I was young in high school and like not knowing any better. And like that when, like when I first started working out, a lot of it was like, Oh, um, working out is for losing weight. Like that was what it was. And it's taken a long time to unravel that. Um, and Spartan gave me like a purpose other than like, you know, look, thinking about how my body looks and what, um, my body composition is and things like that. Um, fueling for athletics over aesthetics is kind of like what, um, I'm prioritizing. So yes, I did reach out to a dietitian. Um, and it's been really eye opening to kind of, tackle a lot of the habits that stem from me buying into all that like misinformation that is that so many young girls and and young guys um fall prey to uh, fall victim to so um i i recommend anyone who's like really um struggling with mindset around food or just like do if you have no clue if you're fueling properly or not um to work with a dietitian like a professional because there's so much guesswork. And I found when trying to do it myself, I just wondered if I was doing the right thing and I'd never right. get anywhere because like I'd try something and I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this. And then I'd fall back on something else. And then you never get anywhere because you can't trust yourself. Um, so there's a lot of work that needs to be undone when it comes to nutrition that is totally. like so deeply ingrained in us. And it doesn't even stand like, yeah, what the culture has done to our own perspective, but also what the culture has done to our parents' perspective and their yeah. parents' Like this is something that comes with that's really deep seated. So for you, for, to make those moves, like there needs to be more than it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to start eating blueberries now. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. like, right. There's not going to be anything. And that's, but that people do search for that. And that's why like the diet culture exists because people know they need to make change and they want it to be something that they can add as opposed to like undo but really you need to take that yep. time and it sucks and it's hard. <laughs> it's a freaking hard. It's really um, hard. It's a process for sure. And that's why it's really cool to have someone guide you through it. Um, and I, uh, other takeaways I've gotten from it. It's like, cause obviously we recognize, like, I'm not going to be one to say like, um, physics don't play a role and like your size or weight doesn't play a role in how you're going to perform. But when it's dictating your day to day and your training and your thought process all the time, there's something wrong there. So for me, it's been a lot of learning, like where does like my personal body like fall in terms of feeling good and performing well versus like a number on the scale or something like mm -hmm. that, where like, that's so arbitrary. Um, and, uh, I was actually, um, like fortunate enough to find a coach in Dennis Welch who uh, believes that wholeheartedly. So he was kind of the first um, person to kind of open my eyes to the fact that like 
if you train properly and you fuel properly, um, your body's kind of going to find the right place, hopefully, um, versus the idea that it should, like, that's what you should be manipulating. So in kind of opening my eyes to that, I was like, hmm, I want to learn more about this. And eventually I started working with um, a professional who's kind of, like I said, helped me implement better strategies for thinking like an athlete and feeling like an athlete versus Mm -hmm. um, thinking like a bodybuilder or like someone who just wants to manipulate how their body looks, because obviously that's not what we're doing when we go out and run these races. Like that's, what's so cool about this sport. And it's been healing to me too, to see like so many different athletes and body types thrive in this sport. Um, you have me who's like 5'11 and probably 40 pounds heavier than like um, like a Lindsay or something like that. But we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I'm not saying I'm anywhere near Lindsay Halliver, but um, like say even at a local race, there will be athletes who like are tiny and super fast, but because of the obstacles or the terrain, it balances out and you have so many different athletes succeeding, which is really cool um, and just empowering. I agree. And, and it, it is a new sport. So there is not really an idea of what an ideal body type is, if there yeah. ever is going to be, where in other sports, you know, like you're 5'11", that's good for a goalie. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly, right? exactly. Like if you are a distance runner, like you, know, they kind of all look the same. If someone's yeah. tall on like a track, like a female runner, they're probably like 5'7", and they look super tall right. and big, and they're probably like 120. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard. And and like, but when it comes to OCR, it needs to be like anchored in the performance. So it doesn't, you can't take these things from other sports because this is so unique, but that's also what's, what's important again, as we kind of circle back to having like these performance indicators to make sure that, that you are doing it for the right things. And that if you're going to take this chance and move on nutrition, you still should have some sort of performance indicator there. That's not the scale, right. Or that's not, totally. um, just how you feel you look. Yeah, uh, exactly. So yeah, so like, yeah, if you're going to change things, like use that data, like check the scale, check how your body composition is going, but also like you need to know if you're performing well. Yeah, no, the um one thing that uh, I've learned through like a uh, mantra kind of that I this dietitian um, preaches is the um, scale is um, an outcome. It's not a goal itself. So mm. through um, proper fueling and through proper performance, um, your weight will fall where it does kind of thing. So that's been eye opening for me. Your, your body composition, same thing. Like, um, and Oh shoot, I was going to say something else. Oh, also tailoring your training and your expectations to, um, like your body, like how you are as an athlete. So I recognize that being a much larger person than a lot of these ladies on the start line, um, it might, it it takes a lot more energy for me to power up this hill. So I'm going to need a big engine, but some of that you can't make up for, um, just because of physics, you know? So Mm -hmm. I have to, um, work around that in other ways with, um, stronger carries, like the carries proportionately speaking, like they're like the double sandbag is like three quarters of um, some of these girls body weight. And then for me, it could be half or something like that. So that's an advantage. So you kind of have to bounce it out and have um, the right expectations because I'm never going to be a five, seven, like tiny runner. Um, It, it won't happen. It's not healthy for me. I can't change my height. So um, focusing on you and the best you, you can be um, and, what makes you feel your best and perform your best um, is obviously still a work in progress for me, but um, it's coming to terms with the fact that like 
you can't change your body and who you are. You just have to play to your strengths as an athlete. Yeah. And it's that much more work you have to do and like seeking out professionals, seeking out coaches, kind of how you've done and, you know, knowing the value of coaching is, is really where, where you can take those steps to make sure that you're doing the things that are going to suit you and just you. Absolutely. Um, so what are some of your goals this year? Uh, okay. So I think let's, I, I try not to place too many, um, uh, goals in like the realm of like place this at that, outcome like that goals. Kind of, yes, yes yeah, outcome yeah. goals. Um, so I, I'm trying to think, well, high, high rocks was going to be a big one. Me and Morgan wanted to break that world record. We were going to go to LA and try to break the double. So what happened? Did you break it and then have uh, it be broken like a minute later or something? So the reverse, we went to Dallas and yeah. the record was, um, like one Oh one thirty for the doubles competition, something like that. And the morning of, uh, Morgan's dad sends us a text saying the record was just broken in Germany because they had their, their time difference meant that they had the event already that day. Um, and two, um, obviously very fit girls, um, ran it and ran 57, 53. So that was, uh, almost four minutes that we you thought we had. Yeah. yeah. So we were like, shoot, like, we're going to have to like really crank it now. And, um, we, we did, but we were three seconds from, we got 57, 56, they got 57, 53. So That's we have crazy. the American record, wink, wink, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so like three races. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hyrox was like, come to LA. Um, we want you to try and break it there. So that was our plan. Um, mm, but obviously next weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was going to be a goal, but, um, that'll be on hold for a little bit, which is okay. Um, and then otherwise I'd focus on like goals throughout training. So, um, like I mentioned, pull-ups is a really big weakness of mine for the longest time. I've had a goal of five strict pull-ups. This sounds so like sad, but I literally just accomplished that goal yesterday. So I was like, yes, nice. um, that's, Congrats. To that's check awesome. Off. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then I think, uh, another goal will be, like I said, the 1.35 on the 15 by 15. That'd be cool to get. Yeah. Um, so training goals, because they're more, um, controllable then like it's very hard to go to a race and say my goal is to place first obviously i have those goals when i go to like regional races say but you can't control who's showing up and you can't control what happens but right. in training setting goals like that is really fun and motivating because if you put in the work um as long as the variables kind of fall where they should like you're not you don't wake up sick and then go try to do this like challenge mm. um then it's much more um like a like it sets you up for success as opposed to feeling like a failure. So, mm. um, yeah, so that would be a goal. Um, maybe a sub five thirty mile. I've, my, my mile PR is not great. Like I said, I'm not the speediest person. So that would be my next, um, like goal in terms I mean, of like mile. Not slow. Yeah. No, 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 it's not slow at all. I'd be thrilled, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I know against like my competition that some people would say, Oh, that's nothing. So, but yeah, no, you got to keep it tailored to you. Like you said, mm -hmm. recognize the athlete you are. I can't, I wouldn't go out and say, oh, my goal is to run a 430 mile when I know that's not going to happen. So, right, right. Um, yeah, that'd be so great. Just, you know, <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be amazing. But, um, yeah, and then um, my – in terms of Spartan, I wanted to focus mainly on the um, the regional races, like, near – close to us, northeast. Mm. Um, I was going to try and hit some of the series races. I didn't do Jacksonville. Um, but if I do go to a series race um, – like an eventual goal for me would be like a top 10 ish finish. Um, I've come close to that. I, I've been like 12th in some, but 
Um, yeah, but I try, like I said, I try not to emphasize the placement too much because of so many things that you can't control, but yeah, those would be some of my little goals. Cool. I love those goals. And that's something that in my own coaching is something I've started to, to do as well. And my own personal goal setting, uh, process, I actually had a guest on the podcast who's, who's a friend and, um, who's a clinical psychologist and he has this method that he talks about and he has these goals to set to help build trust. So it would be something like if I can run 1.35 in the 1515 and I could run 530 in a mile and I can do six strict pull-ups, I believe I will compete at the best of my ability. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's like that, like having these markers that you, you can then trust yourself to perform at your highest level. So I've, I've actually kind of adopted the same thing where last year or previous years, I'd be like, I need to be this place. I need to run right. this time. Um, and, and then I feel like you then can quantify your effort, not quantify, but you can feel good from your effort and base like your goals off of your effort, as opposed to some random race where Absolutely. you don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. Cool. I love that. So mostly the regional races, maybe Abu Dhabi, if, if that comes around. Yeah, no. Um, and like I said, depending on the qualifying standards, mm-hmm. um, uh, that might mean that I need to try to go to the North American championships, um, in Tahoe. So, and I love Tahoe. Um, I I, I think it's a really cool venue, but also I, I actually forgot to mention this. I really would like to try an ultra at some point this year. Um, but again, picking the right one is has been has proven very hard <laughs> because of the the build up to it, and you don't want to like trash yourself for the rest of the season. So I wasn't going to try and do one early in the year. But yeah, that would be an eventual goal of mine is to try an ultra. Sweet, yeah, go like the real distance. Go from high rocks and then do an ultra. And like the- I know, yeah, I mean, because I love the beasts. Like they're mentally obviously very challenging um like the new jersey beast is like one of my favorites ever just like uh it's something about like the long grind so Mm -hmm. like i said the type of athlete i am that going moderately hard for a long long time um Mm -hmm. i feel like would be uh conducive to trying ultra so yeah and just from what i gather from you and just like your mindset it sounds like the longer the race the better if yeah. you can like mentally wear people out i feel like you'd be able to do that yeah kind of and also like we mentioned obstacle proficiency like in a sprint missing one you're done yeah. versus like in an ultra if you have the endurance um there's a little more buffer like the room for error um totally. which for me is good until until i'm bulletproof you know in the right right because <laughs> <laughs> eventually that will happen no i don't know but Awesome. Well, this has been super fun, really informative. Uh, where can people find you? Like social or is like what you're on your website? Yeah. So um, I have a few things. So I'm mainly like social media wise active on my Instagram, which is um, at C Schweik. Um, so the first part of my last name. So C S C H W E I K. Um, but you can just search like Cali C-A-L-I and it'll probably come up. Um, then on Facebook, it's just my name, Cali Schweikart. And then I do have a website. Um, it's called cs4training.com. So th- this is what I set up when I first got registered as a CSCS, um, and wanted to like be more official in like the personal training that I did. That's my website, but now it's also linked to the endurance project now that I'm coaching with Dennis, Alyssa and Morgan. Um, so you can find the info on all of that there. Um, and then there's also, um, the endurance project website itself, but, uh, yeah. And you can reach out to all of us coaches through Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but, um, yeah, I'd love for you guys to follow me and, um, I can check anyone out who's listening and, gives my profile look. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like your, your, uh, Instagram's great. Like it's definitely, um, 
good value there. Like you have a good, strong message. You know, it's not just like saying what everybody else says. So I think there's definitely value in that. And the CSCS, I try. Yeah, no, it, you do good. Like it's it's definitely authentic, and you can you can tell that it's like there's a real message behind your post as opposed to just like putting out volume of, of stuff. Um, right. And it's worth mentioning that CSCS is probably the most prestigious personal trainer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I wanted to. <laughs> it's go a hard for like, test. And yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Um, I I did my fair share of research as well, and I thought that was most suitable towards my goals. Especially, it enables me to work with college teams, and right. um, like, should I want to go into that space, I'm now uh, I have the credentials to like say go work for, um, I don't know, just a college nearby and help them with their teams as opposed to just like, you know, working in a gym, which is cool too. Um, but I wanted that option as well. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I liked the studying for it. I, um, enjoy putting it into practice. So yeah, if you're looking for a coach, let me know. Look her up. Cool. Awesome. So I'm going to press stop on this, but we'll stay on. Uh, so I appreciate you, uh, popping on and for everybody listening, we're signing off. We'll see you. Thank you so much, Rich. This was awesome.